Chapter 25 Marco Ah! Cassie screamed. Look out! Look out, look out, look out, look out! Jake yelled. Would you both shut up? I demanded. I'm trying to drive here. Car! 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 Jake yelled. I yanked the wheel left. The car sped by, horn blaring. The driver stuck his hand out the window and made a sign with his fingers. That's rude, I said, and totally uncalled for. Bam! Ah! Oh, it's just a trash can, I said. Chill out. Bam! 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 Okay, so it's four trash cans, I said. Get off the sidewalk, you lunatic, Jake said. I yanked the wheel to the right. We bumped off the sidewalk, sort of grazed a parked car, and... Bam! 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 Do you hate trash cans? Jake asked. Is that your problem? Do you just hate trash cans? I can't drive with you screaming in my ear, I said. You can't drive at all, Jake said. Left! Turn left! There! Turn left! It's that way! Cassie said, taking time out from screaming. I turned left. I missed the actual street, but fortunately, the people who lived on that corner didn't have any trees in their front yard. Bump. Over the curve. Bump. Rear wheels over the curb. I stepped on the gas and tore across the lawn. Cool, I said. I'm going to kill you, Marco. Jake said in a weirdly calm voice. If I survive, I am going to kill you. You said you could drive, Cassie accused. I shrugged. Actually, what I had said was I scored millions of points playing Wipeout, this excellent video game. Okay, so it's not exactly like Wipeout. I'm doing the best I can. Bump, bump. I was back on the road. Suddenly, an elephant went tearing across the street a block away. An elephant with little pink ears. The Velik was right behind it. That's Rachel! Cassie yelled. She's still alive! Not for long, maybe, Jake said grimly. I'm gonna morph. Marco, follow that elephant. The elephant ran behind a Winnebago. The Velik chewed the Winnebago into sawdust. The elephant turned to face the animal. The elephant planted its feet firmly, raised its trunk in defiance, and faced the beast of a hundred mouths. Yeah, that's Rachel, all right, I said. I floored the truck. We burned rubber and shot forward down the block. Come on, you big dirtball! I'm right here! Jake yelled. Orange and black fur was already sprouting from his body. Tiger teeth were growing, bulging down beneath his upper lip. Suddenly, living ropes, like tentacles, wrapped around Rachel's huge body. The dust beast enveloped her, covered her. No! Cassie cried. Rachel, no! The Velik began to rise from the ground. Then, it slipped back down. Oh, duh! I gasped. It's not trying to kill us. It wants to capture us. It's trying to carry Rachel away. It can't lift her, Cassie said. She's too heavy. Just then, the Velik noticed us. Or at least it noticed Jake, who was morphing into a tiger. The Velik dropped Rachel. She fell just a foot or two, but still cracked the road surface. I'm going to Rachel, Cassie yelled. She started climbing over Jake to get out, but it wasn't working because Jake was already half-tiger, and he was squeezing out of his seat. Jake, better climb in the back, man. You're getting large, I said, and put on the brakes. 
Jake pushed open the door and climbed out of the truck. He was clumsy because he had legs that were not human and not tiger, but some weird halfway mix. His hands were fur-covered claws that could barely work the door handle. But Jake piled out and jumped into the back of the pickup. Cassie piled out right behind him. Good luck, you guys, Cassie said. She slammed the door shut. With a rush of wind, the Vilek came after us. I put the truck in reverse and gunned it. Wham! I groaned. Someone had parked a car right where I needed to go. Turn it around! Jake yelled in thought speak. I spun the wheel and at the same time I floored it. It was totally Hollywood. We're talking squealing tires, smoke coming up off them, then zoom! I had a tiger in the back of a pickup truck. I could barely drive and I was being chased by the most powerful monster I had ever seen. Later, I would be terrified. But right then, at that moment, I was just thinking, this is so cool. Chapter 26 Jake The good news was Marco had gotten out of the neighborhood, so he couldn't destroy any more trash cans. The bad news was he had gotten onto the highway. Pass on the left! Pass on the left! Not the right! Hey, I'm cool now! Marco yelled back through the open back window of the truck. This is just like the game now. No problemo. It isn't dark on the video game. Sure, the part with the tunnel. You mean the part where you always crash and burn? We were tearing down the highway at 70 miles an hour, weaving through a stream of bright red taillights. I was halfway into Tiger Morph. I was deliberately dragging it out, keeping the Velik interested. It was working. The Velik was interested. I was standing in the rattling, swaying bed of a junky old pickup truck, and just about five car lengths back, there was a beast 50 feet wide that was nothing but sheer destruction. Occasionally, the other motorists on the road would offer us advice. I could hear bits and pieces of it as we shot past. Idiots, why don't you? What kind of moron? Where'd you learn to drive, Jersey? You stupid. It's gaining on us, I told Marco. This thing won't go any faster. Good, I said. Off-road. We're going off-road. No! But it was too late. Kaboom! Boom, 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 boom. The truck plunged off the road, jumped a ditch, slammed through a wire fence, and aimed straight for the trees. Tree left, tree right, tree, tree, tree. Branches scraped at the side of the truck. And behind us, chewing through the trees, came the Velik. Marco, I'm almost morphed. I'm gonna bail. Give me five minutes, then it's your turn. Yeah, Marco yelled. Jake, be careful, man. Try not to destroy Cassie's dad's truck, okay? Get ready. Slowing down. He slammed on the brakes. Wham! The side of the truck slid into a tree. I sprang from the bed of the truck. Marco floored the truck and sped off through the brush, engines roaring. I landed like the cat I was. The tiger inside me knew where we were. Knew it in his bones. This was a cat born and bred for dark nights and dense forests. In a rush of sensory information, I heard, smelled, saw the environment around me. Dark penetrating eyes. Ears attuned to every small sound. A sense of smell that told me stories of deer and wolves and wild pigs that had passed through this area. 
but what I needed most was that cat's agility and speed. I completed the morph. As long as no one else morphed and distracted it, the Velik would chase me. At least, that's what I hoped. It was on me! I turned with lightning speed and did the one thing the Velik could not have expected. I charged straight at it. The dust beast hesitated, then stopped. I let loose a roar that would make a grown man wet his pants. I unleashed the incredible power of my coiled muscles. I leapt through the air, claws outstretched. It was an attack that would kill just about any animal walking around on this planet. But it would have no effect on the Velik. At the last second, before my paws could encounter those rows of gnashing teeth and spinning blades, I tucked my head, drew my paws back, and hit the ground directly beneath the beast. Shroom! Right under him. Right under the Velik and out the far side. I hauled my orange striped tail out of there at maximum warp. Let's see how fast you can turn, creep! Huh. Not fast. It took the Velik several seconds to turn itself around. And I thought, well, well. So it does have some weaknesses after all. Some weaknesses. Not enough. It ripped through the trees and undergrowth like the out-of-control mulcher it was. Tigers are fast. Tigers are mightily powerful. But tigers do not have great endurance. I was a sprinter, not a marathon runner. I moved out, racing wildly through trees, turning sharp left, then sharp right, doubling back, doubling back again. And the somewhat clumsy Velik couldn't catch me. But I couldn't keep it up. I was winded, panting, tongue hanging out exhausted. It was time for a distraction. I hoped Marco could provide it in time. The plan was to run the Velik back and forth, from one morph to another. It wanted to hunt morphs? We would give it morphs to hunt. It wasn't much of a plan. It only worked if the creature could be worn out. But the odds were, we'd wear out first. I fired myself up a tree, claws bit deep into the bark. Tired muscles propelled me up and up, through the branches. The Velik chewed through the tree I was on. I looked down and saw it right below me. The tree was still standing, but the Velik had shredded the base, and it was chewing its way straight up the tree. I leapt into darkness. I fell, claws outstretched, through the night air. Chapter 27 Rachel The dust beast dropped me. I hit the road. I hit it hard. The concrete cracked and popped open, revealing gravel beneath. Flash! I was flying. I was a bird. An eagle. Going to see Tobias. Going to tell him I was going to... To what? Something. Birds! Suddenly, out of nowhere, swarming around me. Attacking me. In front. The side. Turn, turn, and dive to get away. A tree! Wham! What? What did it mean? Tobias, I had remembered a name. I watched the dust beast reform to go after a truck that was careening backward up the street, careening straight into a parked car. Then, a tiger! No, not quite a tiger. Half human, half tiger. A freak! It climbed into the back of the truck. And someone else was left behind. 
A girl, short, wearing overalls. Flash! The construction site. The one where the alien had landed. She was there. She was there. I knew this girl, but... Was she a friend? Or one of them? One of the enemies? Rachel! The girl yelled. Are you okay? Rachel, yes. What the dear scorpion alien had called me at the burning shack. Rachel, yes. That was my name. Yes, it was my name. Flash! A woman saying, Rachel, I know you don't like lima beans, but eat them anyway. They're good for you. Flash! A girl, younger than me, saying, Rachel, 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 everything is always Rachel around here. Flash! A man's voice, from nowhere. And now, next on the balance beam, Rachel. Yes, I remembered. I was Rachel. But who was the short girl calling me? And what was I? Rachel, can you hear me? Who are you? I asked. What do you mean, who am I? Who are you? I yelled in thought speak. Tell me. Tell me or I'll crush you. Rachel, it's me, Cassie. Cassie? Are you okay? No, I'm not. Are you my friend? Rachel, I've been your friend for years, the girl who called herself Cassie said. My memory. I don't remember. Cassie, what am I? The girl stared at me for a moment. I could see doubt in her eyes. She looked around at the street. The first cops had taken off after the wild pickup truck, but more sirens were blaring, coming closer and closer. You're human, Rachel. No, I mean, yes, I know. But I'm something else, too. Look at me. How can I do this? What am I? Cassie met my gaze. Human to elephant. I guess it seemed bizarre to the frightened, sleepy people who were peeking out their windows. You're an anamorph, Rachel. An anamorph. And I guess something has happened to you to mess up your memory. But right now, my friend, you have to trust me. You have to trust me. Anamorph, the word for my dream. Trust her? Trust this girl who called herself Cassie and said she was my friend? I looked down at her through elephant eyes. Could I trust her? How could I know? How could I be sure? Cassie, I said. Yes? Tell me what to do. Chapter 28 Axe Yerks put me in a box. Not a cage, a Ramonite box with seamless walls on all sides. I was in that box for a time that spanned many earth hours, and I felt despair. The special despair that comes from dishonor. Visser three killed my brother. By the laws and customs of my people, I was supposed to avenge that murder. I was obligated to kill Visser three if I ever had the chance. I had just been face to face with him, and I had done nothing. Yes, I had been surrounded by hork and because I was young and not yet a full-fledged Andalite warrior, I could say that the full burden of revenge had not yet fallen on me. But it was a bitter feeling, a bitter, terrible feeling, knowing I had been face-to-face -face with Visor Three and had not struck. Had I missed my one chance for revenge? In my mind, I pictured the scene again. 
I had been surrounded by Hork-Bajir, but with Visser Three himself within range of my tail. Could I have struck? Could I have hit him before the Hork-Bajir fired and disintegrated me? No. Logic said no. But I felt a sick, twisting doubt inside me. Dishonor is a terrible thing. Worse than death for an Andalite warrior. Suddenly, one wall of my cage shimmered and became transparent. Remonite is a metal that can stretch open or be made clear or opaque by molecular realignment. I could see the room beyond my cage, the bridge of Visser III's blade ship. The Visser stood on a raised platform in the center of a triangular room. Aligned on three sides of the bridge were various workstations manned by taxons and human controllers. Taxons are worm-like creatures. They have rows of needle-sharp legs, similar to an earth centipede. They hold the upper third of their bodies erect, and along the upper body, the rows of legs become pairs of weak but agile arms. A series of globular red eyes surround the top end of the worm, and at the very top is an always open, circular mouth. The Hork-Bajir were a race of peace-loving creatures enslaved by the Yurks, but the Taxons chose to ally themselves with the Yurks. Each Taxon now has a Yurk inside its vile head, adding Yurk intelligence to the Taxon's own deep evil. Taxons usually handle the more subtle work. Hork-Bajir are used as soldiers. The Yurk Empire was only just beginning to integrate its new human slaves into the Empire. In the air before Visser III was a hologram. It was obviously being shot from a great distance. The scene was distorted and light-enhanced, which gave it an eerie, dreamlike quality. I thought you might enjoy watching this, Visser III said to me. We were lucky to get a visual lock. My Velik is closing in on another of your band. Soon you will have company. The hologram shimmered and wavered, but I could see the Velik tearing through the trees in a forest. And then, a sudden flash of orange and black. A tiger. Prince Jake. There are some magnificent animals on this planet, Visser Three said. I'll have to acquire one of those. Look how it moves. But it is wearing out. It's a fast killer. It can't handle the long battles. Suddenly, the tiger that was Jake shot up a tree. The Velik was eating its way up the tree. Prince Jake leapt into the air. I could just barely see the tiger hit the ground. It bared its teeth, but was too tired to run anymore. In a second, it would be over. The Velik would envelop the tiger and bring it to Visser Three. Just then, the Velik hesitated. Visser Three stiffened. The Velik disintegrated and, like a tornado, swept away at extreme speed. What is happening? Visser Three cried. Every taxon, Hork-Bajir, and human controller on the bridge flinched. One of the human controllers stepped forward timidly. Visser Three, the Velik must have sensed another morph. Why doesn't it bring me this one first? Visser, as you know, our knowledge of this Velik is not perfect. I can only speculate, I... Suddenly, Visser Three stabbed his tail toward the cowering controller. The blade pressed against the human's throat. Speculate quickly, Visser Three said. Visser, it feeds on energy, it senses energy. We made it sensitive to the energy field created during morphing, but this bandit, this tiger creature, has stopped morphing, so the attraction has weakened. 
The Velik would still capture this tiger, only... Only some other morph energy field must have been created. The Velik senses this new field and goes after this new energy source. Visser Three withdrew his tail from the man's neck. The human controller collapsed to his knees, sweating and shaking. Launch the bug fighters, Visser Three said. Keep a visual lock on the Velik. A taxon spoke in their strange tongue. Three, 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 three. Faster than the eye could follow, Visser Three lashed out with his andalite tail. Scree! The taxon screamed. The taxon was sliced open. Its insides sloshed out all over the floor. The taxon collapsed in a heap. This creature says it is difficult to keep a visual lock on the Velik. Does anyone else think it is difficult to follow my orders? No one did. Clean up this incompetent filth. Launch the bug fighters. Keep a visual lock on the Velik. All of this was said very calmly. Two taxons rushed forward and began to eat their fellow taxon. The others on the bridge all paid very close attention to their work. Very, very close attention. I guess it isn't going too well for you, Visser. I sneered. He turned his main eyes on me, while his sock eyes swept the room, looking for any slackness on the part of his creatures. Yes, your Andalite brothers have found a weakness in my Velik, Visser Three said. They are playing games, morphing here, morphing there, whipping it from place to place. But you forget, my little Andalite friend. I inhabit an Andalite body with full morphing powers. I know your weaknesses too. They can't keep playing this game for long, and I am about to add to their troubles. He turned all eyes to me in a leering, deadly gaze. I would like to take them alive for my own reasons, but if I can't, I will make do with their lifeless bodies. Hello, Phanomorphs, and welcome to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. This is your host, Daniel. So here we are again at the end of another episode. Thank you for joining me here on this journey. I have a few things to say. Uh, first off, if this one sounded a little weird, uh, apologies. I'm in the process of moving, so I'm in a different physical space and I had to like recalibrate all my stuff to accommodate for that. I actually re-recorded like three of three of four chapters here, so it should sound fine. Don't worry about it. Um also we got not one but two messages on the Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. First one says your longest hello phanomorphs ever in reference to last week's episode I have to assume. You know what, Anon? You're right, it was. Thank you for noticing. Second message, another anonymous one, says, How are you doing, Daniel? Eat anything good lately? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, real hot out right now, but other than that, life's life's good. I'm about to uh, start a new tabletop campaign. Excited for that. I'm the, I'm the DM. Did I eat anything good lately? Uh, I got these uh, cool little, like, they're like chocolate snacks from Japan. They're in the shape of like a little kitty cat paw. They're real cute. I gave them out to some friends. And uh, I tried one out and it was real tasty. So that's that's what I've been eating, everybody. This has been this has been Daniel's snack corner. Now, if you've liked 
<laughs> if you liked what you heard here, you can hear more, of course, at audiomorphs.podbean.com or by searching Audiomorphs wherever you can find podcasts. And if that thing you're using happens to be iTunes, you can go ahead and leave me a rating and a review and a subscription. I love getting those things. They're real neat. Um, you can also tell a friend about this if you'd like. That'd be cool, too. If you'd like to reach me, you can do that at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. I think that's all I have to say. Oh, uh, check out my other podcast, OK Crusader, found at shoutengine.com slash OK Crusader, or just by searching it where you would search for podcasts. It's a goofy Marvel dating podcast that just started going bi-weekly, so you have plenty of time to catch up now. Uh, Go check that out. All right, I'm done with announcements. I'm done with this episode. I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. Hey Mike, what are you doing? I was just thinking about this idea for a Hook sequel with way more alcoholism and PTSD. Hey, what if we made a sequel to Space Jam, where instead of Michael Jordan playing basketball, they play Quidditch and it's with Daniel Radcliffe? What about A Bug's Life 2, but it's a heist? Or a sequel to Good Burger, where Kel is an heir to an inheritance, and he has a long-lost twin who is also played by Kel Mitchell. Also, Groundhog's Day, what if- Hold on, Madison. Why don't we put these pitches for movies that never got sequels or prequels on our podcast, The Equalizers? Oh, you mean the one we release every Monday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all other places podcasts are found? Yeah, that one. Ooh, and maybe sometimes we have some of our writer friends on as well to hear their wild ideas for sequels or prequels. Okay, but can you promise me no sequels with body horror, communist themes, or talk about John C. Riley's penis? I can't, and I won't. Great. Well, my Monday morning just got pretty fucking weird. All of ours have, Madison. All of ours have. Find the Equalizers podcast everywhere podcasts are found, as well on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching The Equalizers. That's E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, like in sequel.